going on, DJ Nation? Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous podcast this week for the players. You gotta have that caps, gotta explanation marks, all that fifth major, whatever bullshit. I'm ready as usual. I am here with the GPK, GPP King, the Babe Ruth of GPPs, Tambo Tam, Tyler Tambaline, <laughs> calling his own shot uh, this past week. What a week for you, brother. Uh, how you doing, Brad? I'm doing good. Yeah, I, the secret is, Kenny, you just do that every time. And so when it actually happens, then you can screenshot it. So every night, you know, 12, 10 a.m., early in the morning, go post that to somebody, and then you can post it the next day. But it was a great week. Showdown streets were awesome. Had another good week in NBA. So really nice DFS week. Love, love the show. Want to get into it. Want to talk all the stuff. Kitty Yama nails down the stretch. We'll get into all that. Before we get into it, though, I want to remind everyone very quickly, this show is brought to you and presented by prizepix.com. Head on over to prizepix.com. Use promo code MMN. They actually do have a few early lines up this week for birdies or better. We have tea times. We can see the weather. You can keep an eye on that stuff throughout the week and get over there, but it's an easy site to use. Pick them DFS, props, picks, and plays, all different ways. That's what they like to say. Use that promo code MMN. Get 100% deposit bonus up to your first 100 bucks. Now's the time to get in. You got the players, everything leading up to the Masters, the Majors, some other big tournaments that we'll have coming up. So check out prizepicks.com. Kenny, Big week for the golf scene, everything going on, talking about designated events and all this. And then Kirk Kitayama just goes and ships it on all these dudes. So incredible stuff. Great to see him get the W. That putt on 18, I mean, the bounce back from the triple, just everything that you could talk about with Kitayama, just some incredible stuff. What did you think of the event? How was your week? What what were your thoughts? Yeah, nobody wanted to win except Kirk. It's basically what it looked like, right? I mean, of course, these guys are trying to win, uh, but you know, I, I mean, they they were struggling down uh, on Sunday, and you know, Rory was talking about how he doesn't think that you know people want to watch bogeys change the leaderboard. I thought it was brilliant. I thought it was a great tournament to watch. I mean, Saturday was amazing. Uh, so much good golf. The coverage was so much better on Saturday too. Uh, you got to see a lot of golf shots. I don't know what the difference is between Saturday and Sunday. Uh, but Sunday was just horrible. Uh, once again, Saturday, I thought I saw a lot of good shots. I mean, ESPN Plus is a great value. Uh, you can see a lot of golf with the ESPN Plus, even side by side going at the same time with the Golf Channel. Um, uh, I mean, Kitayama, I mean, the stones he has on 17, that putt, no one made that putt. No one made a putt in like an hour and a half. Uh, and then Kitayama drains that, that putt on 17, comes back, rolls it up. Uh, you know, he's not that good of a putter, but from what it looks like to me, like courses where there's like a lot the proximity uh, to the hole is like larger than average might be a good idea to use him because the guy can roll deep. Uh, he was, he was hitting some speed bombs out there and lagging nice putts uh, there, you know, to, to two, three feet from 40, 50 feet uh, away. Um, of course, long iron play. I, I can never get kidding. I'm a right. You know, I mean, it, it just worked out. And long iron play and and and, and you know, long proximity uh, on approach shots to giving him chances on those long butts. I mean, he was what a nine under on Friday, and he won at nine under. Those seventy twos though were like some of the strongest seventy twos you can shoot. Uh, you know, on, on Saturday, I, I I used him in prize picks. I went against him. Uh, thought he'd shoot seventy two or worse. Comes in, you know, gets that OB on the front nine. Comes back out, birdies like three of the last, I don't know, six holes uh, to get back to even par uh, for me to lose, to push that bet on prize picks. Uh, And then on Sunday, he hits another one out of bounds by like two and a half inches. Uh, Comes back out uh, on the back nine. I'm thinking it's over. I I fell asleep a little bit. Like I ate like 
fifty dollars at the Arby's like at noon, and I just went to like a food coma. Um, and I woke up, I woke up and like you know Spieth was in the lead. Uh, Kitty was like you know a two back. Um, after that after that triple uh, on the front, and he just grinds his way for seven straight pars on the back nine, which is saying something because at that point in time, uh, in the afternoon, the course is playing. Some of the hardest we've seen, even with no wind, just because those greens are icy, icy, icy greens. Uh, and no one can make a putt. Uh, guys who, Scheffler, missing putts all over the place. Uh, really incredible. The leaderboard was sick. Uh, you know what I'm saying? I, one good one good thing uh, for me, I, I mean, my casting cornerstones are four for four. They roar, I had Rory who finished second, Mullinax who finished ninth, who was my punt play. And then I had. Sung Jay, who finished 21st, and Zalatoris, who finished 53rd. And my other two guys I had one missed cut, didn't even sniff the cash line. Didn't even sniff the cash line. I don't know. I don't even know what to say about that. You know what I'm saying? Those cash game cornerstones were pretty good. Uh, you know, I, mean, I didn't have the winner, but I had second place. I had two guys in the top 10, one of them at $6,400. Still no cash. Uh, it's so bitter. Uh, personally for me when it comes down to it and then of course i woke up from that nap and like i you know i thought my gpt gpp hopes are over i had a lineup going like 68th with like five with you know five of my golfers still left with the leaders going into the back uh and that lineup finished 775th again so uh, yeah that that was my week but the leaderboard was sick lots of good play we saw rory up there we saw rom struggle uh going in there seven under and shooting i don't know 78-78 uh, to finish over a par. I mean, Scheffler was in there. I, I, here's one thing I got to talk about, uh, Scheffler. You know, I, 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 didn't, I wasn't really sure if he would last. I mean, the motherfucker looks like he's doing the goddamn crip walk when he hits his drive. You know what I'm saying? His feet are he's looking like he's doing the, the fucking crip walk when he hits the drive off the tee. And I'm like, there's no way a guy can be this consistent with that type of footwork off the tee. But he's proven me wrong. The guy's just a top contender every big event that you see. I mean, you never see him outside the top 10 in these huge events. Uh, the guy's just a battler. I mean, the guy's out there. Rory coming back didn't know that like he was in the lead going into 14. He said that today. Like, I don't understand how these guys don't look at scoreboards. Rory said he didn't know he was in the lead going into the one of the hardest holes there, you know, and so he thought he was still losing. <laughs> and so he went aggressive off the tee and he ended up bogeying that one and bogeying the next, took him out of contention. I mean, like, what are these guys doing? Like, why not look at the scoreboard? Like, is it like full pause? Is it like superstition? I mean, when you're that close to the end, I mean, your, your caddy's got to give you a nudge on that or something. I mean, I didn't understand that at all uh, from Rory. I've been talking about, what do you think of that, Tambo? I, I think that's one key thing he said at the end. And it's obviously to each their own. There's guys that say, they look. Like Kitayama actually said he looks at it, you have to. He said, that's how you know. But also it puts some pressure. Like in that sport, it's different. I, we joke about it all the time in, in the discords and the DFS stuff where people say like, the superstition is, oh, every time I look, my lineup, I see what I need bad to happen. It just happens to me. And if I don't look, my lineup just does well because I don't pay attention to it. And who knows? I just find myself in the cash. But that's uncontrollable. On the golf course, you have to make your strategy based off of that. So like like you said, how does Harry not let him know? Someone said today, I think, that like unforced error could be. Maybe it wouldn't. It probably wouldn't really have changed. It could have changed it. You don't know what shot he's going to hit. But I'm saying to not know what you need to do on a certain spot. Like there has to be. That is 
part of your strategy going into these holes and these things, knowing where you sit on the leaderboard. So I know some guys say early on in the tournament, they just put their head down. It's a game against yourself. Put up the but I mean, so back nine on Sunday is different, yeah. man. You, you got to find some stuff out there. I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, overall tournament was great. You talked about a Kitayama down the stretch, all that stuff. A uh, shout out Tim Tucker. That was brought up jokes aside, but him and you know, won it with Bryson. I had to go read the story today. Someone brought it up to me because he was on Svensson's bag for a while there. And I guess he ended up recommending he wanted out of the full-time caddy game. So he recommended his buddy to Svensson. He was all good. He was out of it, but the, the place he works out of now or whatever, I think it's uh is it Bandon Dunes? I, I maybe I have to look it up again. I read the story quickly today, but um Kitayama's brother has something to do with that and then they that's what hooked them up he ends up saying oh, I'll go back on this kid's bag he's a up-and-comer that I definitely am interested in so pops back on with him gets the job done they say he's one of the better green readers too so you talked about first of all those seven pars are, are all incredible there's some birdies yeah. in there because in the sense that par was a very good score so it's like that is like making a birdie in some cases and, and then you look at, at some of the other stuff making it on 17 when nobody could and then almost dropping it in almost had the Tiger Woods moment of like the Nike symbol yeah, was so sick. In for Kitayama with the tailor-made symbol, but it's still paused there nicely. I'm sure they'll find a way to use it. The players, big time event designated, ver- or sorry, API designated event, big time prize for Arnold Palmer Invitational. So getting ahead of ourselves here, the players this week, a very big prize, even bigger than last year's biggest prize pool ever at a designated players this year. So I think it's 25 million for this week that we're going to see. It's pretty incredible stuff, but uh, some other guys, you, you didn't even go on the rant yet about your boy Spieth. Three missed five footers say, yeah. left the win on the table, basically. He, uh, he lost by two, so there was three putts there. Again, it's butterfly effect, all these other factors people bring up. But you, you got to make those. Something's going on. Like It's been it's been nonstop forever now. Yeah. Cantlay looked really solid. The guys that didn't want it, like, you know, Scheffler, Hatton, English, they had so many chances there in the middle. Obviously, Spieth had his. We just talked about it. But just in general, Hovland thought he would have – it was not Sun- Sunday Hovland. He was plus three Hovland when everybody else was even or better. Uh, Scheffler was plus one, but the rest were even or better. So looking at that, that was uh, interesting. And then bo- your boy Mullinex played him in round four showdown, won me a couple tickets to the mega this week. So you know what? my It was in my head was you texting me on Thursday saying you're going to win the $5 this week. And you have Mullinex, you had all these guys all over. And I was like, oh, kind of think of that guy might just come through on Sunday again. So I like that play. Rom, crazy stuff. Zal. You know what? Is he still injured or not? We say he was, yeah. he was, and then he plays well. Then we say he's now he's healthy and he's not up there. Like what? What are you going to do with some of these guys coming into this week? And then Hideki, Fitzpatrick, guys like that that we'll have to talk about when we get in for this week. But uh, Davis Riley finally comes through a, a little bit, a huge round. I'm not sure what course he was playing on Sunday, yeah. but six under. But I'm always happy to see him do well. So Webb, Webb went off on Sunday, seven Webb birdies in a row. Yeah, Webb, Webb really <laughs> went off on Sunday. Yeah. I mean, Spieth pissed me off. Of course, I had the Spieth outright. Um, I had, going into the final round, of Spieth outright. I had a JT outright, and I had uh, Cam Young live um, at forty to one. Another Cam played okay. He finished one under. JT couldn't make a putt. He just sucked all day. But Spieth, man, I thought he had it. I thought this was going to be it. You know, the golf gods finally shining down on me, giving me some redemption for that Morikawa bullshit that we had to go through at the beginning of the year. That fell apart. Spieth really made me angry. It made me almost not enjoy uh, getting out was with me as much as I should have because, I mean, it was a great win for Kurt. I mean, unbelievable fortitude, mental fortitude to do what he did. Um, well, it was pretty, pretty incredible. I mean, especially since, you know, he's had three runner-ups and he's lost to, like, Rom, Xander, and Rory by a stroke, you know. Um, 
So uh, pretty, pretty. And, and if, when it came to my cash lineup, I'm just talking about this uh, going through. Uh, the reason why I lost is because Keegan and Hatton were two of the highest owned um, oh, yeah. in, 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 in double ups. I didn't have them. And now I, I'm going to keep the same strategy. Uh, on one week is not going to change me because I still think that like Sungjae, Zalatoris, and JT are, 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 are you know, or whoever, who do I have? I don't remember who I have. Zalatoris, Sungjae, and Rory, I think maybe, or something like that as my, in my cash game corners. I think those three have a better chance than Hatton or Keegan to, 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 to play well and have a high finish. It just didn't come out that way. Uh, so I don't think I'm going to change my strategy with that one punt play, bunch of studs, definitely going to do it this week, going a little crazy with my punt play because I, I and I'll go over it. I'll, I'll probably give out my whole lineup uh, today just so I can explain my train of thought uh, of why I picked this last guy to be my cash game cornerstone. So uh, you just hold on, listen to that. Um, anything else before we move on? Yeah, I was just going to say quickly, that was another thing too. Like the, I know the conversation around the weather waves, because again, last year, this we're at the anniversary now of the weather waves debacle. But I, get, I think people confuse this very often in DFS, especially PGA, PGA DFS specifically, of weather waves and wave stacking. Because stacking for the weather is something you do like last week. We thought there could be a potential with PMAM, all that. I'll go to that in one second. But there is people that just stack the waves every week. Like we've talked about it plenty of times based on, uh, you know, sometimes the guys that go through PMAM, maybe a little less on their mind on Friday morning. They just got to shoot their number, hope they make the cut versus guys that have to make their number. Like you can stack a wave some weeks just to be different. And that's kind of one thing that came up. But just a note, like of the chalk last week, almost all of it ended up being the PM guys besides, I think, Scheffler who was in the morning and then everybody else was up there. But if you look at the board, someone said today, like how'd your weather waves work out again? Did people from both sides of the weather get up there? Yes. But Kitayama was PMAM. So listen to this of the chalk, Rory, Cantlay, Hatton, Keegan, two Rory's T2, Cantlay and Hatton were huge ownership from that PM wave T4. Keegan was huge ownership from that wave T10. Kitayama was in the afternoon. Boom. There's your lineup. Land on one more PM guy. Again, with all those other AM guys, the four chalk PM guys smashed. They were four of the top seven owned. That's why it's not all about did the weather actually work out on paper when people are trying to figure that out. And I'm trying to bring more strategy pieces to the chat to the pod and just try and talk through it. I got another one we'll go to when we go to the tiers. But just of note, everyone wants to base it off that. You do have to factor in some of the other stuff. But it was a great week for the chalk. I, I know that much with those four plays being up top. Uh, I was happy, happier, much happier using the weather waves in the, in the showdown where I just had a rule of at most two in the afternoon and the two guys in the afternoon that played well were JT and Sung JM that helped me get up to the top. So great week all around uh, Lister league. If we can go there, I want to talk. Before right, let's, talk to let's talk about, let's talk about the schedule. Uh, let's talk about uh, the new schedule. That the tour is going with next year. I don't know if you guys don't know they're, they're, they're making all these elevated events, no cut. Uh, they're going to make it 70 people. Uh, I, I think it's eight events or 12, Tamba. How many? I, I'm not sure. Exactly. I was going to say the average of 10 when you said all these and all the whole world snaps because they act like every golf event in the world is going to a no cut. But yeah. we might be on different sides here. So let's go uh, ahead. Let you start here's what I here. think. I think it's going to be fine. Yeah, uh, I, I have no problem with this. Now, obviously, this is a money grab for the elite players. This is what this is exactly what it is. Um, you know, but they, they've been underpaid for so long and they deserve more money. Uh, I am not going to 
talk down uh, on the players here because this is what they want. Now, they're not being honest about it. Just like Liv isn't being honest. The people who went to Liv, they weren't being honest about it. The only reason they went was because of the money. The only, you know, and, and these guys are saying, we're going to grow the game uh, by changing it this way. That's not the reason why they did it. The reason why they did this was they, so they can get, get more guaranteed money into the hands of the best players in on tour. Okay. Uh, and that's fine. They deserve the money. And, and it's different than Liv because they actually still have to earn it. You yeah, know, they thank have, you. They, I was about they, to disagree with you because that, I'm going to jump in all right now because it pisses me off. People say this. It's like, that's the most annoying part. It's not a lie. You're allowed to be good at golf and get better. Kirk Kitayama, someone posted today, look at his fucking grind that he had to go through to get to this moment mm-hmm. and all that shit to then now he collects $3.6 million and ships it and gets to be one of the elites. Look mm-hmm. at Max Homa a year ago. I know everyone used him as the example, as the buttercup that, oh, he was saying it, but he forgets that if this, then that. Yeah, if this, then that, a bunch of shit in golf. If live doesn't happen, maybe this stuff doesn't happen as soon as it did. All those factors, you are allowed to get better at something and get my, my mantra. Nobody cares. Work harder. Stop whining. Mm-hmm. Get better. Yeah. Go play better golf. You're allowed to win a tournament. If you don't want to be there, go to live. If you think there's better shit on the other side, you can't get like James Hahn stuck in the middle. Now today he's, I'm a 41 year old. I can't compete with them. My best is behind me. I just want to leave the game in a better spot. Well, you've been begging to get on live and they don't want you. So well, I got no problem with what James is saying. Because not, it's true, it's true. If if the PGA true. tour, if not the PGA true. tour, if the PGA no. tour came out and just said, "This is about money, we got to pay our high guy." Yeah, if you know business, it's not. That's what it drives me nuts it's, about it's, this. It's about getting. It's about getting the top money. players losing sponsors ratings. They're losing it's sponsors about, ratings. No, They're getting crushed. It's about getting the top players the money they deserve. That's, That's part of it. That's not what it's all about. This is not live. That's exactly what it's about, brother. It's That's exactly so what it's about. You're so wrong. How am I wrong? They, That's they, a part they, of it. It's absolutely huh? a part of it. It's not the only reason they're doing it. Like every, here's the thing. Here's the it's best the example. Main Max reason. Homa. Everyone it's says the Max main Homa's reason. the man. Because they have to have. They have to find a way to keep these top players happy and not leave. This is their way. That's, That's a huge part with of it, me. but it's not the only reason. I got no reason. problem with that. Not the only reason. It's not that the only is reason. the only reason. It is not. It, 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 Look at it's the not fucking about ratings. growing the game. They're losing it's ratings. Getting these They're losing sponsors. The money they deserve. They can't That's get... what it's about. It's not. There's it's nothing it's else. It's not. You're They're lost. They're making the product worse, supposedly. I think it's going to be fine. I think yeah. the leaderboards are going to be fine on Sunday. We're going to see the best guys out there. But honestly, we want to see cut events. Right? I do. I do. We, I play yeah. DFS. It's my favorite part of it. Well, I'm I, saying I, I can't control. We we say everyone thinks we're so important. We do fucking golf podcasts and talk on Twitter. They don't care about us. They really yeah, don't, don't care and about us either. This good. whole thing is about the top players right. getting the money they deserve. But that part is not the only reason. We, the week before, it's so the we main can go the reason. Okay, but it's the main is, reason. If live didn't happen, you want to keep wouldn't talking. Be getting go this ahead. fucking money. You think you know it all? That's what I'm saying. It's not true. They would not be getting this money. No. If live didn't happen, they have to find a way. A week to get ago, the money a week ago, Kenny, everyone was bitching. Oh, the Honda Field's fucking shit. It sucks. Guess what? This will help make the Honda better. That's part of it. This will help. So, by the way, it won't be the Honda next year because they lost their sponsor. Now, if they get better people there, we can get all these events spread out a little bit. You can win your way in. The the yeah. Nathan Hubbard. Did you read the thread about Nathan Hubbard that he put out about his brother Mark? That was probably the best thread of what anybody said. That is actually a legit reason why even a guy like Mark Hubbard, who's on the outside looking in, is okay. They can earn their way up. Correct. They can earn their way to make the money they want to make. So it's so it's not all about the money. 
No, it is about the money because then these guys on the bottom. What what it's going to create is a feeder system for all these other events. That's what it's. That's what these other events are going to be. They're going to be feeder systems to try and get into this top seventy and get into these elevated events. And I don't what these elevated that, is that and, better? And the reason why you, you want to get into these elevated events is to make more fucking money. Everything in business is making money. I'm saying, but the PGA side of I'm it. I'm talking about the players. I'm yeah. talking about the players. Okay, they, yeah. they deserve more money. This is the way the PGA says they're going to get this money. You they're know what getting I'm more money either way, but someone Mark Hubbard can get into this crew and make more money for himself. Exactly. Yes, that's I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just you're saying you're saying it's all about the money. I'm saying there's other pieces to it that they have to do it for the product. Here's my thing. Everyone says Max Homa's the man. They all want to be best friends with Max Homa. He goes out and says his piece, which I which really spoke for everybody, in my opinion. And everyone now said, Oh, Max Homa's full of shit. He's one of the elites now, so you can't try like it's bullshit. He was saying this stuff on No Laying Up podcasts and stuff back in the day while he had to grind his ass up too. And then when he became good, now what? Now he's a liar? And all this is I mean, just I, because... I don't know. I don't know where you get that from what I'm saying. Uh, what I am saying, what I am saying, what everybody is, else is saying, what I am saying is the PGA Tour needed to give the elites more money because they deserved it. They are underpaid. The, the golf, golf, the top players in golf are underpaid for their sport. And they saw people leave for live because they had guaranteed money. Okay. So the PGA Tour had to come up with some plan to keep these guys up top happy. This was their plan. Now, it also helps that the sponsors, because you're going to get these great fields. You're going to get these weekend fields. It also helps the TV because you're going to get reduced people. You could start three off the tee at 11 o'clock, and basically you could see almost everyone you want. It's going to help with that. But the bottom line is it's about getting these guys paid. That's what it is, and I got no problem. With, with with guys getting paid, they deserve. I don't have a problem money. with them getting paid, but you just ca- contradicted yourself when you just explained what could be better for the game of golf, the PGA Tour, and for the fans. You just explained it's, it's going like, to be reasons. better. All those things are going to be better, right? So that was but my point. The it's main, not all the money. The main reason everyone it happened, wants to focus on that. The main reason it happened. The number one reason is because they need more money. That's they're, the number one reason. They're all not the really things, making yes, more are money. true. All they're the making almost the same money as this year. They've just cut the field size down and get rid of the no cut. They didn't yeah, say the price is only seven million. It's piece. guaranteed money for these guys. Now the right. difference is they got they have to earn it. Yeah, they have to I'm go in there. They have to play these events. They have to play these events. They well. were already giving like half a million dollars guaranteed to these people this year to make sure that they did. They had their expenses covered. What and everyone the fuck had, is half a million dollars for these guys? That ain't shit. What you a made cut is a made cut is typically worth thirty to forty k. I, I'm just saying these elevated events. I'm telling you, the, the, the only reason they're doing it is because of the money, Tim. I don't, I don't, not the only reason. That's the main reason. Now, there's different pitfalls back and forth where it's going to help this, it's going to help this, yeah, it's going to help this. That's all I'm trying to say, though, is when people, give, everyone just wants to focus on that. We know that's why. That's why they did it this year. That's why we have 12 designated events. Everyone got up in arms about this cut thing, then found out, oh, wait, it's only actually eight to 10 events. So, yes, I don't care starts. about the cut. I that's hate fun. the cut thing more than anybody. I want to play Man, DFS doesn't, golf. Doesn't and I love bother it. Me. The like, cut thing doesn't bother me. But I'm saying because that because it's only when, like eight to ten events. It and doesn't people matter. People start freaking out that it's not like the line you said at the start is what everybody says is that this the, everyone's lying and it's not about the fans. It's not about the game. It's not about this. But it does. There is still some effects that come from it that are still good. Okay. Yes. Yes. yes there is. But the number one reason they did it was to get these motherfuckers paid. You have is to Max realize Oma that. a liar. Is Max Homa a liar? I don't know what the fuck he was talking about. These motherfuckers have to be paid. Right. They have to be paid. 
And this is the way that the PGA Tour decided to do it. Now, here's the thing. Once this goes through, okay, and once it happens, the tour is past the point of no return. Past the point of no return. No backward glances. They're past it. You know what I'm saying? Like fan of the opera said, this is the way golf is. It's a, it's a huge, huge change uh, from what it is because basically what it comes down to is these other events are, are going to be great events. They're going to be fun to watch. They're going to be great for DFS. But those are basically feeder events to get yourself into the top 70 and make that real fucking money. That's yeah, I was just trying to find the thread because the thing is he was saying like a couple of the points. I just bring it up because he said like, it's hard to redistribute it because of how it's already built in that way. Like the, the new events will deliver the best players playing. So I that's agree hundred percent. That's great. And then I'm he not said, saying the shit is bad. I'm just saying they did it for money, but everything else is good. Those guys are already get getting these money, great bro. events with these top heavy, unbelievable fields. The weekends are going to be stacked. These leaderboards are going to be incredible, but they did it for the money. But like John Rom doesn't give a fuck about this. He's a, whether he makes, 30 million or 29 million or 27, like it doesn't matter to him. So they're not like, yeah, it just keeps him paid, but he was already getting paid this year. I'm saying there's clearly he made other $10 reasons. million dollars in six weeks. Right. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. This, so, I'm counting this year. I mean, you know, they're doing these elevated events. Now they change it to make it even, to, to spread the money to even a smaller amount of people. Right. So they're moving the goalposts, though. This was about why did they go to the no cut smaller fields, not. Why did they change last year to bring designated events? That's my point. It's two different conversations. We know why they did it originally to get these guys paid. This conversation and what people are bitching about now was all about no cuts. So maybe we're on different pages, but it, uh, that's obviously why they did it last year. Why they brought it in. This conversation was about the no cut events. This was about the no cut events in the designated events. Why everyone gets a free made cut. Did they have to do it? No. Do I like it? No. I'm saying... Nathan Hubbard, who's Mark Hubbard's brother, made some good points on how it actually is going to help the PGA Tour, which then helps the fans and the people involved to get better golf and different tournaments. There's no doubt in my mind it's going to help. But we need them to stay relevant. Look at these elevated events. They're sick that we've seen. These leaderboards have been insane. Uh, The the viewership's going to go up. And now that you're guaranteed that these guys aren't going to miss the cut, you're going to get these leaderboards every fucking elevated event. My point is the whole shit started because the PGA needed to pay these motherfuckers more. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. And I got no problem with them taking more money. Sure. We knew that was the case. though when we discussed that on the same pod last year, when we introduced designated events, my take is solely based on everyone bitching about these no cut things. And that's what the threat is about because this yeah, new thing about is, the no cut. I know, but I'm saying it's not just about the money. Like he said, we complain that the PGA tour doesn't do a good job of highlighting the incredibly cool stories. Where's the cut cam, all this. He said, now we get some of that stuff because some guys at the Honda are now playing in for a chance to then get into a designated event, 50 man, no cut with big money on the line that could change their life. Like it's all still yeah, part that's of the great. Story. That, that's going to make those tournaments interesting as hell too. More interesting. I think we might we have be right arguing now. about that's the same point. thing, bro. I don't, I don't know. I don't understand because all, all I'm saying is everything you're saying. You're I talking about last year to get better with the news that just came out on Friday or whatever. That's my point. Yeah, but I mean, it's more money. The cut. I'm not, I don't care about the cut. The reason why they cut it to seventy was to get more money into a smaller group of people. 
It's the same amount of money. It's not like they're cutting back. You're allowed to get into that group of 70 is what I'm saying. Of course you can. That's going to be that's exactly what I'm saying. That makes it better. So it's not all about the money. Those guys are already getting paid. They're already making money. I don't know, man. It's, it's, exactly. You, you can the, think the, the way the, you for think. For the listeners. So the reason why they do Oh, no. The answer is this. Is Kenny is arguing about something we money. discussed last year. I'm arguing about the news he originally brought up that came out on Thursday. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I don't it's still care. more money to the top players because you're cutting the the the, the, the people who play in this in half. The good and players are going to get to the top and win these designated events anyway. Look at Rom. It's worked. Like you said, he was getting the money no matter what. He doesn't need it to be a no cut to make it work. Uh, maybe a bad example. I, I'm not the biggest fan of the no cut, but it's only eight events. I mean, it's eight not events. Not going to be Is my point. I, yeah. got, I got no problem with that. All right, let's move on. I, I, let's, I, all right, let's, let's move on. Go to all right, let's go. Good, good let's times. Go, we see. haven't had that in a while, so I'm glad yeah, we got yeah, that yeah. out. Different I mean, it's good. I, I worlds, think but yes, we might have been arguing the same point and yelling at each other, but that's okay. Um, <laughs> Old man yells at cloud. I do want to say before we get to Listener League winner, Listener League this week up to twelve fifty. And they've told us we'll get to 1500 for the Masters if we fill this one. So this is the one we got to fill the fastest. Last week was great. You guys filled it, I think, in 24 hours to get 1200 It's a little bit less paid out, the top 15%, but it's double your money to last place. It's 1000 bucks to first. It's 100 bucks to 10th. Very balanced, reduced rake. Everything is good about it. People are loving it. Three max, $5 tournament. So hop in there. We got the winner from last week. Kenny, you got his name and information up? PJH. Five one six five with Nitty Lion uh, over on his um, avatar. I've definitely been to Penn State. I saw a Penn State Michigan game in college. That was a lot of fun. All right, so he started off. Rory McIlroy thirty percent owned. Of course, he finished in second. Finau just playing garbage, but still getting top twenty fives. He's playing like ass, but he's still just top twenty fives every event. Uh, he was a ten percent owned. He finished twenty fourth. Cantlay, who I you know. I got to stop fading, Patrick. Uh, you know, his whole thing about Bermuda and, like, not being able to play there. Like, the guy, I think that's done. I think the guy is unbelievable. I was really hoping that people would look at his course history this week and, and be like, eh, I'm not going to play. But I, I think every single betting card that I've seen has Cantlay uh, in the card. He might be one of the choppiest people out there, and that makes me angry. Uh, but he finished, of course, in, um, I think, what, seventh, fourth place, 13.5% uh, on Killer Keith Mitchell, 27% owned, finished top 25. Davis Riley, Mr. Florida kid. I think all of his top finishes have been in Florida. Uh, then he had a runner-up at like Valspar last year. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it seems like a Florida boy. Uh, 3% owned. And he finished in eighth. And then Webb Simpson uh, out there doing his thing at $6,300. The 7 birdie streak on Sunday. Uh, half a percent owned. He finished in t- 24th place as well. What'd you think of the lineup? Two guys in the 6K range. Yeah, it was aggressive for sure, right? Like you said, you got Rory up top, two 9Ks, eights. One thing is for sure, we talk about this all the time, the roster construction, not who you play, how you play them. This is a prime example. No 7K guys. The 7Ks last week was like the whole world, right? Like I'm just trying to go back to it and see, again, could the lineup have scored more points or could there have been some 2v2s and changes that he made? But just going back to look at last week, I think I've got it up here, the API, yeah. It was like, uh, who do we have? Connors. We had Chris Kirk. We had uh, Seamus Power, Taylor Montgomery, Keegan Bradley, Minwoo Lee, Aaron Wise. Like there was all these guys that people were going to. And you had, you know, at least at some in that 8 to 10% range. And he just said, forget it. I'm skipping it all. And I'm going to take a shot on Riley and Simpson. So definitely like that about it. Made sense overall. Good score. Uh, 498, just, you know, pretty solid versus the rest of the field. So shout out to PJH. We got them into the three-man 
for this week. Uh, I think you got to set up a new three man too. Cause it's still, I was in it today. It was the winner from last week. I just exited it. Cause so we could get the new one set up. I think it was on recurring and then oh, he, he joined it. So yeah, I'll get it fixed it. up for PJH. Yep. And then I saw PJH already joined the tournament of champions set up. So good job to them. Congrats. And we'll see him in the three man this week. All right, that sounds good. Let's get to this week, finally. Uh, top golfers in the world. They're going to head to Ponte Vedra, Florida, for the Players' Championship at TPC Sawgrass, one of my favorite courses. Uh, definitely went down there a few years ago. Had a great time, a uh, great event, uh, with a per- total purse around $25 million. And every golfer is going to try and come here and try uh, to earn a healthy paycheck and test their skills on a difficult course. Uh, another reason golfers tend to like this course a lot uh, is because any type of golfer can win here. There is no like specific type that consistently does well here. Everyone has a chance, as you can see, with some of the past winners uh, at TPC Sawgrass. Uh, Tim Clark, KJ Choi, Stephen Ames, Fred Funk. You know, they've all won here in like the past 20 years. Uh, Paul Goydos has like two, three top threes, or two top threes. So, I mean, since like 2008. Like I said, like everybody has a chance. I mean, if you look at the 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 runner-ups from the last three years, it's like Jim Furyk, Aaron Rye, and like somebody else. That, that like no one really knows very well. Those have been the runner-ups uh, the last the last three years. Uh, that, yeah, that's why this tournament is great. That's why it's you know can be sort of difficult to predict uh, for DFS purposes. Uh, there's so many dangers on this course, and everyone can fall victim to this at some point during the week. Uh, the tournament moved from May to March a few years ago, so there are you know some differences on the course compared to when they played in May. Uh, the biggest difference probably uh, the greens, the rough, and the wind change. Uh, the greens are overseeded with Poet Trivialis and a little bit Velvet Bent uh, this time of year, which should lead to them being more receptive, a little bit easier to putt on uh, as well. Some other courses that have this type of blend, um, uh, Scottsdale, um, PGA West, um, Harbortown, I think, does too. Uh, th- those are just a couple of them that have this overseed. Uh, you know, this could be, again, this could lead to better scoring decisions uh, than when they played in May, of course, weather permitting. Uh, the prevailing winds at Sawgrass differ from March to May as well. The biggest issue is probably the last couple of holes. Um, I know, like, Tiger a couple of years ago said on um, 18 that he would hit, like, you know, nine-iron driver, like, wedge uh, onto that. But, like, with the wind in the face, you go driver, like, seven-iron for Tiger. And Day said he would hit, like, driver five-iron. So, like, the wind switches can make this course, especially those last two holes coming down the stretch on a Sunday, play a lot more difficult than they used to be in a lot longer. Uh, weather, huge factor last year, uh, you know, and played a part in many iterations of this event. Uh, you know, as of now, like Monday afternoon, you know, I don't see anything crazy, 50-mile-per-hour winds throughout the week, uh, you know, pretty comfortable temperatures, but it's Monday at, like, 530. So, you know, shit can change. Make sure you check up on wherever you need to check when it comes to Wednesday afternoon. A few trends. This is from Jeff Ulrich uh, over at the uh, at the Fantasy Grind uh, on Twitter. Great follow. Ten of the last twelve winners have had a top five prior to their uh, prior to their win in the same calendar year. Uh, the last fifteen winners have had a top twenty five here before their win. Uh, the last six winners have had a top twenty five in the prior tour start before their win. All right, now, uh, TPC Sawgrass, Pete Dye design, par 72 course that plays around 7,200 yards with four par threes and four par fives. Three of the par fives are reachable by most, and the par five ninth can only be reached in two by the longest of hitters. Uh, You know, there were a few changes to the course four years ago, uh, five years ago. The bunkers have been redone. 
Another water hazard was added, like they needed more fucking water on this course. And the twelfth hole added a new tee box to make it drivable, uh, a drivable par four. Uh, and most importantly, uh, many of the green complexes were redone, and the grass on the green switched from Mini Verde Bermuda to Tiff Eagle Bermuda. Now, of course, it's overseeded now. Uh, with the date change overseeding and the fact that the greens are now four or five years old, it's possible the greens will be more receptive than they have in the last couple of years. We sort of saw it a little bit last year. Uh, now, off the tee, golfers will face narrow tree-lined fairways with bunkers and water in play on almost all shots off the tee. Uh, there's a lot of water on this course, 24 acres of water. Uh, to be exact, like most Pete Dye designs, many different types of dog legs on many hole, on many of the holes. This will lead to players hitting less to driver on many of the holes played this week. Uh, the rough is actually up this year. Last year it played two and a half inches uh, tall. This year, three and a half inches tall. You know the thing about it is when you oversee that with the that Bermuda rough with rye, it tends to eliminate those sunken balls that you see or those patchy lies that you see in Bermuda rough. So, you know, with that, I think that's probably why they rose the rough a little bit because it, it hadn't been that difficult the last couple of years to be hit it out of this rough because of that overseed. Guys are getting good lies, uh, you know, routinely. Uh, you know, unlike when it was in May, when it was pure Bermuda and you get those balls that just sink and disappear and you're like, where the fuck did the ball go? Uh, you know, with this overseed, you don't see that as much. Doesn't mean it can't happen, uh, but you don't see it as much. Uh, now, uh, now missing it on the right side uh, can make the golfers' approach shots even more difficult because of the stadium mounds they got here. They got these like spectator mounts uh, on this course, all on the right side. Because Pete Dye, he wanted the people to be able to like see everything clearly to give them like an elevated view when watching the golfers. Now, the problem with this is, you know, on, on approach shots a lot of the times water is on the left. So they're hitting on these mounds, you know, and they hit on the right side of the mound, baseball stance. It's almost an automatic hook. Uh, so, you know, it makes that missing on the right, you know, a little bit more dangerous uh, because you're going to have these right to left type uh, lies uh, for your approach shot. And a lot of water is on the left side of these greens. Now, um, now uh, let me try and find out where I was. Now, again, a lot of water surrounding these greens, bunkers surround these greens. Uh, and once again, you know, water, and it's about medium-sized greens. They're not too large. They're not too small. Uh, they are, you know, multi-tiered, undulated, and tricky to pawn on, which is a very typical Pete Dye design since 1982. And a lot of this has to do with the, them playing this course for so long. But there have been more three-putts on this course than any other non-major course on tour. So basically Augusta. Uh, that's the only other course that can compare with three putts for uh, for uh, for that players play on tour now. Uh, the course uses, of course, the Tiff Eagle Bermuda grass on the greens. They're going to be fast with stip meter rating of about 12 and a half or above. Uh, the outcome of the tournament probably going to come down the stretch. Those last two holes are tough, like I said, especially if the wind in your face. 16 is a par five where, you know, you can get like, I know Rafael Cabrera-Bello had like an albatross a few years ago. Uh, on 16, they like vaulted them up. Uh, uh, the the leaderboards. I mean, a lot of crazy shit can happen on those last three holes. Uh, now, you know, again, this is a tough course. You're going to have a shit ton of water. Uh, 18 played 2,000 strokes over par since 2003. <laughs> People are going to struggle. These these this tournament could definitely be won or lost on these last three holes. Tampa, what are you looking for in golfers this week? 
I'll take it a different way because you, you talk through it so much and it's so perfect that just going through it is easy. But I, I want to talk to a little bit, like I said, strategy-wise. Can we talk about the weather debacle from last year? That'll be something we'll keep an eye on for this year. The one thing it brought to light last season was that not many people stack. I think it was 93% of the field didn't stack at all. It was like 6%. The wrong wave that I was on with Mayo and some others, we, we went the wrong way, ended up being the other wave that crushed at like a 1% ownership for fully stacking that way. So if you are going to stack waves, sometimes it is good to mix them both. But I think the big thing you talked about or the, that you spent the most time on, which is just so true here is the variance, right? All the water, all the, like the chalk just gets destroyed here every single year. So you do have to pick and choose your spots. I don't just want to fade chalk blindly. I know some do out there. That's definitely a way you can go about your business because then you don't have to worry about it. And then sometimes almost like how our listener league winner won, there were seven K guys that got there. Like Keegan was one of them, but if you just skip it, you may miss it. Like if a bunch of other ones miss it and you just don't have Keegan, you might still find your way to the top. Same thing here. You can just avoid all the chalk and try it that way. Uh, there probably will be some good plays, but I wanted to spend a minute on the pricing. Kenny, first time all season, and it doubles down, like we talked about or argued about, you do get these stronger fields. You get those softer pricing every year in majors. Now with designated events, we see it even more. Now this week, it's a little different. I've already had a few people message me and be like, John Rahm, almost 12K. They switched up pricing. It's the same at the bottom. It only goes to 6K, so on and so forth. But the difference is, Kenny, being the players, being the strength of field, I know it's not the strongest that it once was because we're missing the live guys and all that stuff, but still, very strong field. You do have legitimate guys in the 6K range. This is not like, and and the reason I bring this up is because early thoughts, we're about to get into the tiers, Kenny, but early thoughts, it looks very easy to build a nice balanced build that you're going to feel very good about. This week, once you go with those 7K range, there's so many studs that are quote unquote studs up top, but sorry, there's so many studs up top and then quote unquote guys that people like in the 6K range, like the darlings is what I was looking for, that people want to play, that you can make that lineup of six guys that everything looks like the winner. You build it, you're like, oh, that's the winner. Oh, I I built this lineup. That looks good. But then you start realizing, you know, it feels safer to go with one of like a Sung JM or let's say like a, a Cantlay and a Corey Connors versus going up to a ROM and then dropping way down to those low 6Ks and that type of version. So the one thing I will say is just to keep in mind, it's not a U.S. Open in the sense that at the U.S. Open, when you sometimes see this pricing, you have amateurs and qualifiers and old guys and former things like that at the bottom of the field that you just can't even play the guy up top. It almost screws you where you kind of have to go look at those balanced builds are very close to it. Here, I just wonder if many people are going to go balanced and avoid the ROMs maybe the Schefflers, the Rory's, those guys, again, they'll get some ownership. It's a, ma- it's, it's a, a major-esque field, but I think the balance builds will be plenty more popular. So keep that in mind. There's definitely ways to get the ROM builds this week. He's been going under-owned uh, these last few events that he was winning. And then this last one, he was under-owned, but he didn't end up doing much after day one. So to each their own, I'm definitely going to look at playing some ROM still. We could talk about it, though, in the tiers. Yeah, let's go ahead and get to these tiers, 10K and above. I mean, first off, the only guy I think I know I'm going to play is Rory. Um, I'm going to play Rory. The guy's playing exceptionally good golf. He has the history here. Uh, You know, he's won here before. Yeah, he won the year I went. Uh, If I remember correctly, I think he was in the second to last group on Sunday, and it might have been Fleetwood and Rom behind him. He, he took out Furyk. I know that. Poor, poor yeah, Jimmy. yeah, I think, yeah. I, I think it was I'm the first to... year of Gold Boy, too. I think it was the first yeah. year they swapped to the, the ball gold I, thing. And I, I, I never like... understood that, that that fucking Gold Boy shit. That shit was just crazy to me. But, um, uh, you know, Rom's a, uh, Rory's a guy. Now, I think I'm going to play the lowest owned out of Scheffler and, and Rom, and I'm guessing that's going to be Rom. Uh, I'm gonna I I'm, I'm gonna play Rom. I think he's gonna be under owned because of his price and because of how poorly he played last week. 
Now, you know, I can forgive a guy for not playing well one week. You know what I'm saying? I mean, especially if his ownership is going to take a precipitous drop. Uh, you know, I, I, and that that's sort of my strategy going into these elevated events. Uh, I'm going to play my one favorite guy in the 10K range, then play the lowest owned guy in the 10K range. I'm going to play a couple of my favorite guys in the 9K range, and I'm going to play like one of the lowest owned uh, that I think has a chance uh, in the 9K range. Same with the 8K range. Uh, you know, I, I've been doing it. It's been somewhat successful. Like GBPs, like I won $224 in GBPs this past week, and I put in $255. Uh, and so that because I had a shit ton of speed who was 6% owned. Uh, you know, I had a shit ton of Scheffler who was the lowest owned guy in the 10K range at like 14, 16, 18%, depending on what tournaments you were in. Um, I think that's the strategy I'm going to go because everybody's so good from 8K and up. You know what I'm saying? It's not like you're going to find like you do worry about injury with Fitzy or worry about injury with Willie Z. You worry about injury with, with Decky. But I mean, like, you find those 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 single digit owned guys in this range, and you know for them to pop is a lot more likely than say a seven k chalk guy or a seven k guy that you're just throwing in there who's two percent owned. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I think that's how I like to build in these elevated events when I'm mass multi entering. Pick your favorite, then go ahead and pick your low the lowest owned guy uh, or one of the lowest owned guys down there that you like. Uh, I think that's a good strategy. I, other than Rory, I don't know who I'm going to play. Probably wrong because I think he's going to be the lowest stone. Hambo. Yeah, I think I'm going to focus mostly on the the three guys up top. I'm going to kind of pair everything in here, like 9K and up, because then you can go over it. But I am going to focus, not not just playing the three top guys. Say from 9K and up, I'm going to focus more on the top heavy builds by the looks of it, just because, like I said, I think there's definitely options down below that we can use to make it work. Will I have some of both? Of course, but I'm saying if you're looking at comparing, you're like Xander always gets love. Max Homa lately, especially, and for good reason. I get it. Always gets love. The ball strikers, Kawa and JT are going to get love. Like that's just how you're going to see it shake out. I do think Cantlay is a good play and it's mainly based on his price. Kenny, again, you can make him work different ways. You could start your lineups with Cantlay. You could have him as your second guy in. Like you can do it a couple different ways. I don't, I haven't tested it. Maybe not your third guy in, but just looking at it, it sets up where, his price versus his odds and all that, it just gets tough. Now, if he gets to like 30% ownership or something this week because of that, that's when you have to look yeah. to make pivots, right? That's when if you see guys come above and below that aren't that are getting squeezed because of him, then you can start looking at that. And that's why, you know, it's not just because of ownership. It's right when you're saying that he's going to be 20% owned, he probably is okay at that versus the guys around him because it still counterbalances with what I think, how he's been playing, what his game looks like, his talent all around, his upside, all those factors, Versus when you start adding it in, then I have a little bit of a challenge with it. But up top for sure, Rom, the fact he's 1200 bucks more than a guy like Scheffler, that's you know just a key. I'm going to stick with playing him. I did it last season. It didn't work. I've done it this season so far. It's been great. Last week was a letdown, but he started off strong again. I think it's just going to be, you know, knock that away and move on to the next one. I don't think people are going to be very comfortable because the lineups definitely don't look as good. But if you can get that through, we'll see how it shakes out. Rory is the other guy over Scotty because Rory, like you said, it, just looking at it, early at least Rory's the history you've got the overall game it's really tough and that's why like I say just pick it between those ones the ones that you kind of have to let down are like Homa Morikawa JT you know Fina I actually like to be honest but then you you know you got to let off the M's the Hovlins the Zals give up those guys so up top sort of up there and above Kenny Rom Rory Scheffler Cantlay and maybe Fina it's kind of like the main five in there just because Fina is 
looking pretty solid, man. Like you said, yeah. he, he played very poor. Like he didn't do anything and he was still in the mix. And you just go and look in general. I know it hasn't been the best here. People are going to see those missed cuts, but look at his recent 24th could have played a lot better. 20th could have played a lot better. 14th, yeah. 9th, 16th, it's his C 7th. Game that he's got right now. Yeah. And you know, a spike round or two is coming. I mean, he's it's got Tony. the upside exactly to yeah. do it. So uh, like a spike said, round or like two it. is coming for Tony. I like that play uh, in the 9K range. I think he could be overlooked. Uh, as well Uh, he could be one of the ones that fall into that you know one of the lower owned in the 9k range where i'm going to go ahead and click his button um do you think more people go because you're going to this range anyway do you think more people go jt or fino i think jt just because of the win and you know the history uh here and you know what i'm going with my cash game corner so this weekend we'll go into this 9k range and basically three of them are in the 9k range like one the last one's 8900 uh, but my first, what I'm what I'm looking for this week is ball striking, like masters, right? Who have had at least some success um, at this course because there's a lot of guys who just sucked ass at this course all the time, uh, and you know, so it's a lot of, it's a lot harder to 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 judge based on course history. And I'm not taking too much course history into account at all when it comes to GBPs. But in cash, I'm going to go ahead and take uh, you know ball striker, uh, you know extraordinaire who has had at least some semblance of success here in the past and who has good form coming in. And two of those guys right up top, first one's going to be Max Homa. Uh, the guy's been striking the ball amazingly. Uh, he has some decent finishes here, a couple of top 25 at least. Um, he's playing exceptional golf. I think he's gained like his ball striking the last couple of weeks. He's gained like eight to 10 strokes ball striking. I mean, it's been wild. Uh, the guy's been really, really strong. It's a putter. It's sort of been failing him just a little bit. Uh, you know, you get that putter back this week. Uh, yeah, I, lo- I love Homer. First cash game cornerstone. Second cash game cornerstone is going to be Justin Thomas. If you watched his round, especially on Saturday, I mean, Saturday's round was so depressing because the guy was just sniping everything to like 15 to 25 feet. Everything, hitting every green, 15 to 25 feet, just couldn't fucking make a putt uh, to save his goddamn life. Uh, he was awful. I mean, you know, but the thing is, you saw like a glimmer of hope in round two where he gained three and a three plus strokes putting uh, around three strokes putting in round two. He ended up losing like minus point zero six because he lost every other day. Uh, but, you know, he, he did all right. And hopefully he can get that going a little bit more than just one round. If he had a spike putting round, if he had two spike putting rounds, he would have won the event uh, just because of the way he's hitting the ball. So give me those two guys, and I'm just going to go ahead and go my third cash game cornerstone, $8,900. Victor Hovland, he's putting up some gaudy ball striking numbers once again. Uh, The guy is just out there striking the ball off the tee, hitting 16 of 18 greens at fucking Bay Hill on a Saturday with still like 15-mile-per-hour wins. That's sick. That's sick. Uh, I mean, the guy is just unbelievable when it comes down to it. you got to expect a big win is coming from at some point in time. I have him as my one and done this week. I think this could be, I bet him, this could be the week. Um, you know, people are a little bit disappointed. So many people on him last week. I don't think we're going to get like an ownership drop, but, you know, we'll see. We'll see. Uh, you know, other than that, um, I, I like Finau a lot. Uh, and then Cantley. Cantley, like I, the thing about Cantley is if he's going to be the highest owned player on the slate, I think it could be worth a fade since he's, you know, never made a cut here ever in his life. Um, you know, only only two, only two times, but he's never made a cut here in his life, and that could give me enough to not play him if he's going to be twenty eight percent owned. Uh, but you know, if he's not, if he's like twenty or under, 
it just makes sense to play him, and I'll just double him up, make him one of my highest owned because Tina Green, the guy's been fucking unbelievable, like like twenty strokes. Tina Green, like gain in the last or a ball strike in the last two weeks uh, that he's played. <clears throat> and, on, and like the thing is, like he's not usually good on courses in Florida. He's been balling, so obviously the game is is in an upward trend. But like I said, he's thirty percent on. This course is where chalk comes to die. Uh, a lot of the time. So I might pivot off of them if that happens. Um, Tambo. Yeah, a, we- a-, a range I'll go to because you already talked to those guys, but just in general, like that's the other thing too. The, the should note the $25 Millie maker this week, Kenny, like that's where I'm saying, I think if you can just get off some of this 9K range and just go to these studs and do yeah. like a, a ROM with one of 9K and then take some 6K risk or do ROM three, eight K guys and drop down. That's where I'm saying yeah. more. So I think it makes a lot of sense because most people in that tournament are just going to try for their shot at a million bucks, build the most balanced, simple lineup that looks good, that everyone fits and they feel good about That's You've got to have like at least like one uncomfortable position. I like it each that lineup this week. We right? never know. It's all how it shakes mm-hmm. out. But yeah, I'm saying like in a higher dollar, smaller field build, sometimes that you want that made cut equity in that potential sort of floor ceiling combination, but you can get it. Just the same the other way. So I, I just what risk you're willing to take on. That's how I'll clarify and bring it up that way. I like a lot of those guys you mentioned, but I can definitely see some builds where, like I said, I go with just them or without them altogether. So going to this AK range, you talked about it. Willie Z, if I knew he was healthy, would feel a lot better about it. It is interesting, like how it shook out. We thought he wasn't healthy. He crushes. Everyone says he is healthy and he's getting ready for Augusta last week's an off week, but probably still take on the risk. I will there. say I watched a lot of him on ESPN+. Plus. It didn't look like he was hurt. Yeah, it's just bad. Bad round. It, it, it just, he didn't play well. It yeah. didn't look like he was injured. He wasn't like like how Spieth when coming down the back nine, he sort of looked like he was hobbled. Rumors that he has some type of back problem. We don't know. I mean, uh, the 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 on course reporter asked Greller uh, in his round, like in the back, and Greller said he was fine. But who knows? In the middle of you know war yeah. right there you're going through and what the caddy would say he doesn't want to like give out all the information out there because it de- definitely looked like jordan was tender uh but for me zal torres i watched like a like like 40 holes that he played because he was on he was the featured groups and he was on there on saturday i don't think he looked injured yeah and, and again you can just have a bad week and then come back yeah. we're talking about talking about rom and this is at a much cheaper price Rom did worse than him, costs more, yep. and we'll still go back. And I know he's got the wins, different yeah. game we're talking about here, but, you know, Zal Torres obviously got his W last season and has been coming through plenty in those majors and stuff. So going back to him, I don't really care about that stuff. I'll wait and monitor it and see if we hear anything more or closer to, but as of right now, not a worry. Uh, Fitzpatrick, everything lines up for him here. So I think he'll pick up some steam. Some of these guys will, but I'm going to go back to Cam Young. He came 10th. I thought it was going to be his week last week. It was not, Me but too. it was close. Had a good week, so I like him. Hatton continues to play well. I, I think he's fine. Again, play him on these courses that I think he can come through on. Uh, Tom Kim, I bet him at six, no, 50 to one. So uh, I'll talk more about that later, but I think uh, the bets I should say, but je- definitely going to go to him. And then Jason Day will be popular for good reason. Again, the guy just continues to play good golf. So why are we not going back to him? Obviously he's got the history here. So uh, I'm going to be in on those guys. Kenny, what about you in this 8K range? Shane Lowry. Lowry is my favorite play uh, okay. in this range. Um, you know, the thing is, a couple weeks ago, he had a really good finish, strong finish. It looks like he's over whatever problems he had. Last week, he didn't really finish that well, but he made the cut on a course he had never made the cut before in his life. Uh, I think he had three or four missed cuts at Bay Hill, or maybe even more than that. Uh, and he came out and at least made the cut 
on a course where he has struggled on. And that shows me a little bit more than, you know, it shows me a little something. Uh, the guy's out there. He's had good history here. Uh, the game, it, you know, doesn't three putt that much. His short game's fine. He can play well. He can do all right in the wind. As long as it doesn't rain, he should be okay. All right. Uh, so, so I do like him. I'm going back to Willie Z. Like I said, I watched a lot of his round. It did not look like he was injured. It just looked like he was a little bit off. Um, that's something that he can fix, uh, hopefully, you know, on the range. Uh, he can come back. It's not like he was horrible ball striking either. Uh, you know, of course, the majority of it came with his putter. And, you know, before last week, he was top 50 in strokes game putting for the year. Uh, so, I mean, so he had been putting decent. So hopefully that comes back. The ball striking stays. I do like Willie Z um, down here a lot. Uh, Fitzpatrick, I don't know. I mean, did you see a Sunday? He hit one fairway. Seven greens, shot sixty nine. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't know what to make of that. I, I don't. I honestly don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. Uh, you know, because he played pretty horribly on Saturday, uh, and then Sunday he's out there. I don't know what he's doing. One fairway, seven greens, shot a sixty nine. So I, I don't know whether that's a good thing or a bad thing. If I can get him low owned, I'll probably go back to him. To Tampa, let's go to the seven K range. Yeah, a few guys here just standing up top. I think, again, it looks like this is where people are going to go sort of in that 7,500 and down. I think that's where it gets more popular. So up top, uh, there's an interesting one, Kenny, right out of the gate. Sam Burns is 70 or 80 to 1 in some places this week. I know broken, it's man. Yeah, he looks like it, but until he's not, right? Like, this is yeah. the thing. 7,800 bucks. How many wins did he have last season? Three? The problem I have with Burns is he looks like he doesn't know what he's doing in his setup anymore like if you watched like the way he's setting up to the ball he is aiming so far left with his shoulders but his feet are like it's weird like i don't know what is up with his swing um it's not like anything i've seen him try before i don't really know why he's doing go to travis fulton at travis fulton uh, uh on twitter and he goes over burns's setup and it looks really bad, like a guy who's lost. Like how Spieth is on like five foot putts and in. It seems to me that's the way it is for Burns, but for ball striking, which is probably worse. Um, again, talents there, you can go out there win, but I can't get on board with him. Who else do you like? Yeah, I was gonna say that that is definitely something to look at. I, I'm, it's more the betting number I like, but just seeing him here at seventy eight hundred is tough to avoid. So uh, for me, at least the gala. Playing some good golf. Uh, I think That's was, the play. Yeah, I mean, it looks really the play. Tigal looks really good. Uh, Rose has a little bit of, it's more old course history before the changes and stuff were made, but just the guy did just win like three events ago. So maybe he can find that magic. I think he's a guy you could play to come through here. I think uh, Siwoo obviously has everything going for him. I, again, when he won here is technically before the changes, but all the other stuff and the other courses that he plays and all that to me at 7,600, I could take a shot at him. And then I'll go into the bottom range right quick, just because I'll start it at least like Keegan Connors, probably Keith Mitchell. All these guys are going to be super popular. So that's where you got to make your decisions because this is the range. That's going to be where people land. Kenny, it's just so easy yeah. to build th- two or three of these guys. Uh, Harmon, uh, again, I don't know if people go back to the well or not. Probably should. I know it was ugly last week, but go back to a guy like him, maybe uh, Seamus Power. We've been playing some good golf, Ricky, those guys. But I, I fear this is going to be the range where the chalk goes to die. So we'll have to wait and see how that plays out as the week goes on. Yeah, big Figala fan. He seems to step up in big time events, plays up to the field. 
Uh, you know, I think the upside is there. Top 10, top five, it's possible. I really like Tagala uh, here. I, I love Keegan. I bet Keegan, the guy's been playing exceptional golf for basically a year now. Uh, and, you know, the course history is there. I bet him 65 to one, I think, is the number I got. Um, so I like him. Some some other guys that maybe that will fly under the radar. I'm playing my Korean brethren, Siwoo, uh, the guy. You know, for when it comes down to this type of course, he has what it takes to win because we've seen him win this event before. Uh, I, I don't mind him. He'll probably be single digit owned. Um, so I, I'd go with with a little bit of Siwoo. I really like Adam Hadwin, um, you know, another guy who you know, has had his ups and downs here, uh, but, you know, very, very consistent guy. It seems like, you know, this type of course where it's a target golf type of play is, you know, his type of shit. Uh, so I do like Adam Hadwin. Uh, down here at seventy one hundred dollars, um, you know, there's some other guys here. Uh, but I mean, those those two are the ones that stick out to me, along with Thomas Detry. Uh, again, another guy who I think can play this course pretty well when it comes down to it. Avoids bogeys, plays par fours exceptionally well. Um, I, I like Detry down here in this low seven k range. Let's go on to the six k range. I got just a few more because I'll do my bottom range pick because I like Henley. Who I, you know, 7,300. I don't mind going back to somebody like him. What about Hoagie? You go back to Hoagie? Yeah, Hoagie's another guy. He was one that is actually kind of interesting in that 7,400, where again, people will be on Connors, Mitchell, uh, Bradley above, Fowler, those guys. So Hoagie does fit the bill. He makes a good pivot off those guys because you know the Iron Game's strong. You know what I'm saying? It didn't have the best week last week, but I mean, target golf type of course seems like Hoagie, where he doesn't have to pound driver all the time. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like that too. And also, if you go back and look at some of the courses that he's played well on are like some of these positional type courses. Like exactly. Up, and then you've got that approach game, at least get the opportunities. Yeah. Can water be a problem for a guy like him? Absolutely. Of but course. you got to, it could be a problem for everybody. So if you're already going to get him at that discount ownership, especially right there, I think he's a good tournament play. Uh, just looking at some other guys there. I had a couple more I was going to say, but good, good that you brought him out. Uh, Denny McCarthy, another guy I'll take a shot on 7,300. Uh, who else? KH Lee. I was going to say, oh, TPC Lee. We talk about it. So, you know, go back to KH Lee. I bet him at 200. So he'll be a guy I get to in a minute. Wyndham Clark. How, how chalky? Okay, go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, I, I don't know if TPC Lee will be that, uh, if KH Lee will be that chalky because. No, I was going to, I was talking about Ben Griffin, but go ahead and talk about Wyndham Clark because I like Clark a lot last week. Yeah, I don't think don't Ben like Griffin so will be either. P- people love this guy and I get it, but I, I don't think he'll actually be as popular as you think. Same as last week. He was like, yeah. and last week he was cheaper and he got played, but not yeah. to the, to this crazy level. You can get overweight still plenty. And, and the all guys that. who play really good golf, it's hard to ignore him at that price. Yeah, I think it's caught up to him in price. Like, I think it's there with, with what you have around him. Like, you're talking about some pretty big names. Like I said, but it's only yeah. 400 bucks more to go up to some of those big names that we mentioned. Again, yeah. it's different. So at least it gets you set up differently. But just to note, I was going to say quick, it surprised me going back through some stuff. Wyndham Clark, we always think of like this bomber off the tee and find his way out there, all these things. Like uh, another guy like Hoagie, who actually has been setting himself up well on some of these other courses, positioning himself and having opportunities. So don't hate him at 7,100. Hadwin, I like your call there. And then JT Poston, another guy that fits the bill. And, and I think, too, at 7K, it's more of a fair price. So I, I actually don't mind going to him there versus some of the other guys around him. But big thing for me, Kenny, I was going to ask you before. That's why I cut you off for the 6K range is, uh, you know, go right back to Kurt. Look, Chris Kirk won. And then the next week, got the huge price drop. This is not a huge price drop. It's I think it's actually 100 bucks more. Wasn't he 6,800 last week? But yeah. 
similar. The point of being he's right there where you played him last week. Do you expect him to go out and win again? No. Does he have to? No, he's literally your sixth guy in, in most cases, if not your fifth. So you can just plug in the guy that just won is feeling pretty good coming in hot if you wanted to. Again, variants could catch up to him here, but just in general, what are your thoughts on Kiriyama and then the rest of the 6K range? I don't know. I mean, I, I don't have a problem with him. I just, I don't think this course is like Bay Hill. So I think that's sort of a negative mark on him right there. Uh, you know, I mean, he's not going to have to hit too, too many 200-yard shots that are going to be amazing to like 15, 25 feet like he was doing all week this past week. Uh, so I don't know, but what about Harris English? You know, it looked like he was a couple of top 10s in his last, like four events, he's missed like 87 million cuts here. <laughs> do, do you do you think, I mean, literally, he's missed like six, seven in a row. Like, do you play Harris? Is, is that course history when it comes down to it? I need to see like something from a guy, right? I'm definitely I mean, not like, worried about course history because like you say, anything can happen to this course. You see guys that have never made the cut. And but all like seven, stuff. like seven missed cuts. Yeah, I just, cuts. I didn't like him anyway. I don't really care about just what he did last week, but yeah, yeah. I'm with you kind of. I, I'm not really super high on it for other reasons. So yeah, I, I'm like, I'd, I'd rather play Webb down there at 68 than Harris English. Uh, you know, you know, Webb's played this course well. He's won uh, seven birdies in a row at Bay Hill. Could be back. Uh, we'll see how chalky he gets. I mean, if he's if no one ever in the six K range ever goes over ten percent, could Webb do it this week? Could Webb? Oh, I thought you were just asking. No, I was asking. Like no one's ever, it? hardly ever. Could no, Webb get? 10%? I still don't think so. If he does, I, I don't think, think so either. And that's play. why I'm still going to play him. Yeah, I, don't I think, I think so it would be a bad play if he did though. Oh, what? I, I so I, that's why I, I thought it was hypothetical. I was going to answer you and say if he does. I was my answer was going to be if he does. I think it's a bad play. Yeah, I don't think I play him too if it's going to be like twelve percent or like the highest. But we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, other guys down here that I do seem to like. I mean, okay, I never play Grio, right? Oh God, here we go. The dude, the dude gained like eight hundred seventy-five million strokes ball striking last week and lost eight hundred seventy-five million strokes putting. I mean, for a mate cut, I mean, maybe. I mean, the guy was just hitting it lights out on a course where a big boy course, you know. I mean, like. A lot of driver, you know, and I mean, he, he was there, uh, not score wise, but uh, tee to green wise, he was amazing. I think I, I might take I might take a little fire uh, on him this week. Uh, Svensson, another guy down here, but one guy I really like is Justin Sell, uh, down here at um, uh, sixty six. He could be chalking too, but this guy's you know talent is amazing. We've seen him with some 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 spike rounds and some spike events here recently. Uh, you know, he saw his best buddy Kiniyama go out there and win last week. You love that narrative, Tambo. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So Suz down there, Riley, Florida kid, maybe someone to look at. I'm going back to Molinari. I'm, huh. I'm going back to I'm going back to Frankie. Uh, four missed cuts and four top tens up in his bench. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's how he's doing. He played pretty well last year. He played pretty well a month ago uh, across the pond, finishing top five. Could the game be back? Is it worth it at 6400 I think so. Uh, and then I will go over my cash game cornerstone. I almost forgot because it's so far down the list. And I'm going to go over why I picked Seaweed Doug Gim at $6,100 for my cash game cornerstones. So I, so my cash game cornerstones are going to be, you know, um, um, Homa, right, um, JT, Hovland, and and Gim, those are the four cascade cornerstones. I'm filling out the rest of my lineup with Keegan and Lowry. 
That's five guys. Keegan, Lowry, JT, Hatton, Homa, that I think can win this event. I think all five could top five this event. You know what I'm saying? You don't get that very much in cash. You know what I'm saying? I'm going upside again. And the only way I can afford those five guys is if I had a $6,100 player as my punt play. Now, when it comes to Seaweed Doug, he's played well here before. Uh, top 10 last year, he missed three cuts prior, and he missed a cut afterwards. So form doesn't really have to be great for him to do anything here. Also, he made his last cut, and he missed a cut. The, the, the event previous before, he missed a cut by one. His biggest strength, ball striking, of course, once again. Uh, off the tee and with his approaches. So I'm definitely taking a wild flyer with, with, with Gim. He'll be 0.08% owned, uh, you know, right? But I want those other five guys in my cash lineup because I think the upside is huge for all of them. I think I bet every single one of those motherfuckers, uh, except JT. I couldn't afford to bet so many guys up top. Um, and so that's my strategy. When it comes to cash, it's like, I want five guys who can fucking win. Five guys who can win. And I got it uh, with the five I got. Now, could they all fuck up? Could Chalk, you know, could uh, they fucking miss the cut by 2,700? With my luck, that's the way it's been going, right? But the method that I'm doing to my madness, I think makes sense uh, for this type of event. What do you think, Tampa? I like it. Yeah, Gim obviously pops for good reasons because of that. I don't think... You know, one thing I worry about is if you go with him, then I think people ought to, like your lineup doesn't require it. So I like your build that you mentioned, but I think when people go to a guy like him, it's immediately to get a Rory. And now you fill in some of the chalk in the seven K range. You're not actually as different as you think, even though you're playing a Gim who's not that high owned, it's the point of you're using him in the same way others are. So you're it's talking my point. in the GVP sense. Yeah. Yeah. It doesn't my make point I always make about when yeah. someone says, Oh, you can't play a guy cause he's 20%. Well, if I'm playing him, if I'm playing the guy that you're playing with a nine K and three, seven K guys, but I'm playing him with no 7K guys, I can play 10% of him. I'm actually underweight you, but I'm overweight to the field on the type of build that I think is going to get there. So I'm actually way different than you are. And it's just a different strategy piece that not many people focus on. So I do keep that in mind here, but I don't mind the gim call. I looked at some of the guys again. I I did this for a lot of guys today and deep dove more than I normally do because we had the pricing earlier. Just to go back, some of these guys that are a little bit stronger off the tee at some of these positional type courses, Joel Damon, Emiliano Grillo, so you'll like to hear that. That was interesting to me, and if he's got that ball striking on as well. Steven Yeager, I always like some Yeager bombs. Tyler Duncan, treated me well last time out. Joseph Bramlett, my guy, another guy that sets up well for that. And then going down, Doug Gim and Lucas Glover are the two that rounded it out, both right there at 6,100. Again, it's easier to click some of those names than others, but I'm just bringing them up because I think that's something to look at. And then I forget who plugged them. I might It might be in the tidbits this week if I pull it together tomorrow and find him, but somebody's on Kramer Hickok. Maybe it was Ben Coley for, for money. I can't remember who it was, but anytime someone like that that I respect and know does their homework, picks someone like Kramer Hickok, I'm going to at least consider him when he's down here at the stone minimum of 6,000. Yeah. So I definitely in think that's... model, I think he's ranked super high, especially... I would say one thing if you're making models this week, I think a good way to, to try and look through how guys have been doing in these upper tier events is just go last 12 events the last 12 rounds because for like 65 70 percent of this field uh the last 12 rounds they played have been elevated events right uh so they've been playing basically just against each other all three weeks uh, so i think it's a pretty good way to go that's one thing about these elevated events you could you, these guys are playing against each other every week uh same guys uh so you know you go 
you know, 12 weeks or 12 rounds in, in your model, uh, that's the last three events that they've played all together, especially in this early of the season where we've had five elevated events in 10 weeks or whatever, something like that, you know? Uh, so I think, and I think like in the 12 week sample, and I don't know if Kramer has played, I don't think he's played all these elevated events, but I think he's like top, top like 10 in my model or something like that. So I guess it doesn't make sense for oh, he's 28. He's 28th in my model, uh, but not, you know, for a stone cold minimum guy, pretty fucking good. See, that's weird too. I'm not sure. Like, again, it's all what you're going to be looking at. And that's the key, because if you look at the last two, of course, he's going to look good at Honda Genesis. He played incredible, but yeah, I think when people look long-term, he looks horrible because all the other yes. stuff that goes in with it, you plug in all those miscuts. You're just taking a shot at 6k though, realistically. Yeah. So. Yeah, you just say you throw in like eight to ten percent, you're good to go. And you as much you know, as, as highly as I spoke of, I mean, if it was Coley or whoever else, obviously a lot of respect for someone like him. But just in general, uh, I'm not following. I'm not tailing on the bet. I don't care if I lose this one and he gets there at five hundred to one or three hundred to one. Again, they're taking it for the same reason because it's only a few bucks to win a bunch. But I'm saying in DFS, it matters more to me because if that makes everything work, then I got no problem with it. So I think that's kind of like your Doug Gim reasoning in your lineup. But that's that's all I got down here, Kenny. All right, let's go uh, bets. Campbell, why don't you go ahead first? Sure. I got uh, Matty Fitz. Oh, by the way, this is the thing about this too. Uh, everyone's got their closing line value. Somebody is just going to, it might be wrong. It's just going to hammer the door shut on all these bets that everyone has at these incredible numbers. Right, Kenny? It's just going to be, we all got these amazing bets that we love these numbers. Oh, and it dropped to this now. And I got that. Like I saw a hundred to one on Jason day. I seen like 90 to one on home out there. Like it, it might not matter when one of these guys just drops the hammer, but I'll give you mine. I got Fitz at 40. I got Jason Day at 50. Everyone's betting the same guys. Tom Kim at 50. Keegan at 66. I took the Burns at 70. And then KH Lee at 200. That's where I'm at. I may just try and drop the rest of it on a hammer. I have nobody from 0 to 30. So, or, or whatever you want to call it, 7 to 30. So uh, I may just find one guy and just hammer it to, to pick the guy that I think is going to crush all those great numbers that I have. All right. Mine's a little different. I, I didn't go with the normal, at least for the most. I went Homa. 20 to 1. Uh, Hovland, 25 to 1. Lowry, 50 to 1. I thought I had Keegan. I guess I don't have Keegan. Lowry, 50 to 1. Um, and then I got bombs. I went uh, Molinari, 130 to 1. Danny uh, uh, Davis Riley, 150 to 1. Webb Simpson, 130 to 1. And I forgot to mention him earlier but i do like danny willett i think he's low in at 6k he's been playing pretty decent uh i got him at 250 to one uh you guys you can get some crazy ass motherfucking winners here uh and i so i got a bunch of long shots and i'm going with like those three studs up top uh that i like so that that's going to be my betting card my one and done is going to be hovel i like it Campbell, you're one and done uh, one and done uh, i'm gonna go with uh cantley jt kawa somewhere in that range i'm out of some of the other guys, as much as I want to play them, I've used Rory, I've used Rom, so uh, I've used Scheffler. I've got all those guys used up for the most part, so probably Cantlay, JT, Kawa. Maybe I have Rory in one of my two. I'm considering that, but that, that might be the only way I get to one of the big dogs. Otherwise, it's going to be one of those ball strikers down below. Yeah, definitely going, Hob. I don't think I'm going to change that. All right, I think that's going to be it for today in an eventful podcast. Uh, yeah. You can find my 
You can find my work on gupscorner.com. Uh, use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a membership to Gup's Corner. Or you can find me on Twitter at KendoVT. Tambo. Find me on Twitter at Totag and Tambo. Add me there. We'll have the tidbits up for this week. It's always good at a major. There's a lot of good articles out. They're out early. I'll find some good ones. Get that posted up. It's free. You can check it out. It's just a thread that I post once a week on my Twitter. So at Totag and Tambo. Then, of course, rumpuresports.com. If you want to check it out, now's the time. If you get a month, you get 15% off using promo code Tambo15. It's all sports, one price. And then right now you set it up. We've got players, Valspar, match play, which is a huge DFS strategy. It's the last one, by the way. They're getting rid of match play. They said that sucks more than the other news to me. Valero and the Masters. So if you buy now for the one month, you'll get past, including and past the the Masters. And that's all just for golf. You get all the other sports as well. So check out rumpiersports.com. Use promo code Tambo15. All right. It's the fifth major. Should be a fun watch. Expect fucking carnage. Let's win some motherfucking money. Degen Nation. Getting dirty money, Jordan Belfer. Stacking penny stocks while I'm flipping these birds. Sipping on Ciroc, trip them up.